Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Well, good morning. If we haven't seen you in this new year, uh, thanks for being here with us. If you didn't make it uh, last week, um, we are kicking off, we kicked off last week uh, our, our series on prayer that's running through the, the month of January uh, and a part of our 21-day fast and prayer time. Uh, and you know, uh, we're humans, so we, we fail at times with prayer, we fail at times with fasting. It's awesome to see one of our pastors forget to pray uh, during our month of prayer. That was awesome. Uh, so way to go, Kevin. I told him thank you for giving me a fun example to start. Um, so uh, if something goes wrong, we'll just blame Kevin today because <coughs> he forgot to pray. Um, so uh, last week we looked specifically at what's called the Lord's Prayer. It's really the disciples' prayer or you can make it longer, the prayer the Lord gave us. Um, uh, but it's not a prayer he necessarily prayed because uh, uh, he didn't have to ask for forgiveness. Um, but he was telling us, hey, honor God this way, love God this way, he's your dad, uh, acknowledge him, uh, ask him for the big things in life, thank him, uh, ask him to forgive you as you live forgiving others, uh, and, then, and then ask him to help you when you walk through times of temptation. All of that that is ultimately this prayer that disciples pray that shows that they have a relationship with a living, loving God, as Pastor Jeremy uh, would say. And so during this, this month that we're focusing on prayer, um, we're asking God to stir our hearts uh, as, we, as we spend this focus time to create this, this habit in our lives, if we don't have it already, or add to a great habit that maybe you already have, but, but learning to pray without ceasing. Does anybody hear that or read that in scripture and you think, okay, I'll start off by failure. Pray without ceasing. Anybody kind of go, yeah, that's a hard one. Anyone? You're also holy. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing with praying without ceasing. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a habit. It's like having relationship without ceasing. Yes, it would be fantastic if we grow and grow and grow to where every conversation we ever have with God or with others is Jesus-centered, and that's the goal. But to pray without ceasing, it's to create a lifestyle habit of relationship. Um, I might not always be talking to those that are nearest and dearest in my life, but I want to grow that relationship, even if it's I'm praying for them or I'm thinking of them or I'm, I'm listening to them. I'm just in their presence. I'm planning something for later with them. But it's a relationship that I have with them that I want to grow into and, and, and add to and, and cultivate and, and see grow amazing fruit. And so it's not that I have to talk to them nonstop and never take a breath. It's, it's a relationship. And it's not that we create this habit of prayer and this lifestyle of prayer so that we can checklist the word prayer. Sorry, it's hard to do quotes. They're kind of, like quotes like this now for me. There we go. It's not so we can checklist prayer and then move on to what's next in Jesus. It's so that we can be inspired and be encouraged by God as we go after this deeper relationship, commitment with him. This, This lifestyle of prayer that, that helps us to see breakthrough happen in our lives, to see changes that look like Jesus changes happen in our lives, to see us live a life of fruitfulness for the sake of others who love Jesus or the, for the sake of those who don't know him yet, 
and can come into relationship with him so that, so that God can work in us and through us and, and, and because of us see the world change because we have this relationship with him. Because without prayer, without a prayer life, you're just living a religious life with fire insurance, maybe. I'm not the one that judges at the end of time, and it's good. And he is so full of grace. But don't say you believe in God just to have fire insurance for eternity. We believe in God because he's God. Because he made us and he wants relationship with us. So looking at the purpose of prayer today, the big idea is that it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Prayer is a big deal. Now later on, at the end of the message, we're gonna take some time to pray and to ask God to move in our lives and so I want you to be thinking of this, and maybe you, you take some time and you write it down. And if, and if you have to tune me out a little bit, not the whole thing, just a little bit to have some time with God, to be real with him, ask this question of yourself and maybe spend some Holy Spirit time during this message. What's one thing that's heavy on your heart and your mind right now? What's one thing in your life? Now, I get it. It may be, and it really may be this. It may be the state of America or the state of politics or the state of government, those things. And we're not saying those don't matter. But, but try to be really you right now. Your life, your influences daily, those that you love the most, that you know, um, what's happening in your relationships or in your health or in your finances or in your job or, or whatever's heavy on your heart, what you're struggling with. What's one thing heavy on your heart and mind right now that you would say, God, would you move in the midst of this? Because at the end of the message, we're gonna have an opportunity, if we so, please, if we so wish to do it, to, to lay that before the Lord and to ask him to take that and to do something with that thing that is so heavy in us. You see, prayer helps us to walk through life with peace <clears throat> no matter what comes our way. It's, it's a serious thing. That's why it's a big deal, but don't be scared of it or, or freaked out by it. Just start talking to God. We talked about that last week with the Lord's Prayer. Just start saying it. Just, just personalize it. Make it sound like you. Make it come from you. Make it be you with all those different aspects that Jesus gives us of it, but gives us with it, but, but start talking. Don't just go, that's a good idea. I'll memorize it verbatim and say it whenever somebody tells me to. No, start talking to him because he's your dad. It's like when you meet the, the person of your dreams, whether it's a, the girl of your dreams, the guy of your dreams, and you're like, oh, that's, that's her. I remember doing that. You know, I, I, met, I met Sarah uh, and, and for the first time, and I really didn't get a chance to get to know her, but then when she came back to where, where I was living at the time, my, one of my goals was I want to go to the, get to know this girl uh, because, I, shoot, yeah, I'd like a future with her. Um, so what I didn't do was go back and go, okay, what I'm going to do is think it all through and never talk to her. That's dumb, Okay. You don't go, oh, that's the person I want to know and, and do life with and, and get to know deeper. So I'm just never going to do anything and see if it happens. No, you, you start talking. And I didn't go and I didn't, I didn't make a laundry list of, okay, these are the topics of conversation that I'm going to have with her so that we can grow in deep relationship. And I got to hit all 74 of them on this ledger. Uh, and then we'll, we'll know. No, I just started to get to know her. Started to talk to her and listen to her. 
started to understand the things that, that made her so unique and different and, and wonderful and the things that mattered to her, and she got to hear those things. When you meet the person of your dreams, you don't go and, and work it out in an encyclopedia fashion. You do it in a relational fashion and you just start talking. And so the heavenly father is saying, hey, I'm your dad. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm your brother. I'm, yeah, I'm your redeemer. Yeah, I'm your king. Yeah, I was the one who, who was your substitute on the cross so that I could be your brother, so that I could be your co-heir for eternity. So get to know me as that. I did the Savior thing for you. Get to know me as your brother and follow me as your king and have that relationship with me. Real blessing and real priceless treasures come when we live out of a life of relational prayer like Jesus showed us and taught us in what we call the Lord's Prayer. Where we say, you know, maybe, maybe you say it like, like it's written, our Father who art in heaven, or maybe you just say, Hey, Dad, you are so big and amazing, and yet you think of me. You are perfect and holy and awesome, and you think I'm amazing too. Thank you for that. Thank you for providing my job and for providing my house. Dad, thank you for, for giving me purpose in this life. Thank you for the, the food that I can put on my table for my family. Thank you for caring about the intimate details of my life. And, and dad, help me, because it's hard sometimes when I go uh, to visit family here or, or talk to neighbors here or go to, go to work over here. It's hard for me to live forgiving because some of these people are so difficult for me right now. So help me to live a lifestyle of, of, of forgiving them as I know you've already forgiven me in my life and the things I've done. And help me, dad, not to give in when temptations come. Help me to stand firm in that and I know you'll be with me to the very end of my life. That's relational prayer. That's what he wants from you and I. And he does amazing things in our lives. When we begin to step into this relationship, he makes amazing things happen. I love what Paul says in Romans 4, 17. He tells us that God brings dead things back to life and creates new things from nothingness. So when you think of your life right now, maybe your prayer life right now, or something you're struggling with right now, maybe something in your life that is important to you that you thought of when I asked, hey, what are you, you going to present before the Lord? Maybe it just feels dead. God's in the business of bringing life back from dead. Maybe it's like, Lord, I, I feel like my faith is dead. Give that to God. I, I feel like, my, like I don't even have faith. It says he creates stuff out of nothingness. So give that to him. Maybe you just want something to happen in your life that's never happened before relationally with Jesus and in your, in your walk and following Jesus and it's never been there before. Present that to him because he's a God who creates something from nothing. Begin to speak out what Jesus gives us to do, what he, what he tells us is healthy to do and, and see God come through. Open your mouth and pray. It's a big deal. Hebrews 12, 11 tells us that this discipline can be a challenge because he says, the author says that discipline creates habit and takes time. And it's probably gonna be painful for a time. But it's an investment that brings a peace 
a peaceful harvest of right living. The author says, hey, he's given us a, a lifestyle habit to step into. And he says, in order to create this discipline in your life, it's gonna be painful for a time, not because it's painful to talk to God. It's painful because my flesh says, I've been in charge for so long. I like being a sloth. I like doing things my own way. I like to, to tune into TV instead of tune into the king of kings. Okay, so we begin, we begin a, a disciplined lifestyle. That's why starting the year off with a 21-day fast is so, is so healthy because we can break some things off and we can create some things in the place of. It's just like if you've never exercised before, when that first week in the gym, it's gonna hurt. I mean, you're gonna wake up with cramps and in pain, and the next day you're gonna be like, I had no idea I had a there there, right? But it's there, and that there hurts. But it's a discipline that over time, when you look back over a, over a year or two or five of, of healthy exercise habit, you don't feel those pains anymore. The only pains you feel are old age pains where your muscles pop off and stuff, you know? But that happens, right? But it's an investment, the author says, that brings a peaceful harvest of right living. I'll tell you this, if you live with a peaceful harvest, meaning Growing from you is peace. Your field, in essence, only grows peace. And it's right living. I guarantee you the world's gonna look and go, how in the world does anybody on this planet have such a harvest of peace in their life? What are they doing? Somebody said they're living right? I guess they are. I gotta go find out what's going on there because all I know is chaos. The world is chaos you create a discipline of prayer, of being in the word, of, of looking to Jesus first and foremost, a peaceful harvest of right living will come forth from your life and it will change the world around you. And those prayers, if they're involved with people especially, you're lifting up people to God and going, this is my anxiety. This person's life is my anxiousness. This is where I worry about someone. Those people are gonna be greatly affected by your harvest of peace but you gotta start somewhere and it starts with a prayer life. You and Jesus, you and the Father in communion. God never intended for Christianity to be dull or boring. It was meant to be this dynamic, fulfilling personal relationship with us and our Father. But for that to happen, there has to be communication going both ways. Talking and listening and listening and listening and talking and listening and listening and listening and acknowledging and listening, right? Because we've got to listen more than we, we flap our gums, unless our gums are flapping with how awesome he is. And there's nothing wrong with requests. We're going to look at that. Next week, we're going to talk about that a little more specifically. So we make our requests known, but we've got to be listeners too. Prayer is this intimate conversation with God. The main scripture we're in today is 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 9. I'm gonna read them and then I'm gonna pause momentarily at different ones, so good luck on the slides, uh, to share a little bit. Uh, but it starts off, and, and Peter writes this in verse six of 1 Peter 5. Be humbled by God's power, his mighty hands, so that when the right time comes, he will honor you. Turn all your anxiety over, or some of your versions say cast your cares on, Turn all of your anxiety over to God because he cares for you. In other words, load onto God every anxiety you have because he watches over you as a caring dad. 
He's referring to Psalm 55, 22, which was written a thousand years before Peter wrote this. Verse eight, keep your mind clear and be alert. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. Pay attention to this part because he's talking about prayer and turning your anxieties over to God. And then he refers to because the, the, the enemy is trying to devour you. So if you don't bring your worries and your cares and your anxious thoughts to God, Satan will do his best to, to pinpoint and twist those things that are still in you and on you that remain in your life, that you're not turning over to God. He wants to pinpoint those to devour you. Just like how lions go after the slower, the weaker, the, the injured, the self-isolated and, and alone, how, how lions go after stragglers and careless ones, you know, the ones that are like, well, they're all drinking the water over there, but I'm just gonna go and a couple miles away and just drink from here because, oh, I walked that far. I'm just gonna do this on my own. Lions look for those because they're like, if they're that dumb, they probably can't run good either, right? So the lions look for, I mean, you, you watch enough shows on Nat Geo or something. Lions always look for the ones that are isolated, hurt, weak, or that are all alone. And, and when they get them, they're gone. And so Peter's saying here, you better turn your anxiety and your worry and your, and your cares over the Lord. Otherwise, it's gonna weigh you down, isolate you, make you become a straggler, not pay attention, and weaken your life. And then in verse nine, he says, be firm in the faith and resist him, the devil, knowing that other believers throughout the world are going through the same kind of suffering. The enemy's real. The world is messed up and in need of a savior and we'll just latch on to whatever bandwagon it can latch on to. And, and yet he's saying, hey, you live this way. The enemy has no one to devour if you're living this way. And, and know that when you do suffer, it's because there is a real enemy and there's a, a broken world out there. And so you're aligning with the sufferings of Christ. But it doesn't, your suffering for Jesus doesn't mean you're being devoured by the enemy. Those are separate things, totally. Suffering for Jesus is because Jesus said, hey, the world's gonna hate you like it hates me. But, but take heart. Being devoured by the enemy is our own choice. And that's a biggie right there for us. That's why prayer is a big deal. Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. Right there, we're all probably feeling a little guilty, Right? Is anybody, did anybody, has anybody gone the first, let's see, we're on the eighth day of the year. Is anybody not worried about, has anybody gone the first eight days of the year not worried about a single thing? If you have, you just woke up, right? So, so don't worry about anything. We're humans, okay? Remember, he, he calls us to be holy, but he knows he has to make us holy. Don't worry about anything. Don't be pulled in different directions with what's happening out there. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Have this overflowing attitude of gratitude coming from you. Then when you don't worry about anything and you pray about everything and you, you ask God for what you need and you thank him for who he is, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The Father says right here, you need to give it to me or leave it in my capable hands. You need to to bring it to me because I'm the best at it and I love doing those things for you. Give your burden to God, your Father who is in heaven and is perfectly holy. Don't be anxious, do pray. Don't hold on to anxiety, do pray. Don't let fear and worry take up residence in your life, pray. We see here from from what Peter says and then really specifically what Paul says that that being anxious or having anxiety is, is defeated by prayer. Any anxiousness in my life, any anxiety, any fear, any worry, any trepidation in my life is defeated by prayer. So at the same time, living in anxiety is living with a defeated prayer life. And I don't say that to condemn any of us, me included, because I'm sure we deal with anxiety. But let us have that motivate us to take it to the foot of the cross. If I am living with anxiety, I am living with a defeated prayer life. So what I do is I'm not anxious anymore because I bring it to the cross and I pray about it. And then I see him take the burden from me. So what are you anxious about? What are you anxious about? In fact, let's just take a moment here and let's just, the one thing that comes to mind when you think of I'm anxious about this, whatever it is, let's just, let's just give that to the Lord. Would you just close your eyes with me? Lord, there are a lot of people in this room and people listening and watching. We are your sons and daughters that you made, that Jesus, you died for, that you long to have a relationship with, that, that you desire to be the perfect dad for. And part of that is you wanna take our anxiety, our anxious thoughts. So right now, every one of us, who's willing, we just give that to you. And for some of us, it may be giving that away for the first time since it came. But we give that to you right now. Just, just take our anxiety, Father, who is in heaven, whose name is so holy, who gives us everything we need. And you never give us anxiety. You never give us fear or worry or, or uh, trepidation. So take it. We leave it in your hands. Thank you for being a good God. Anxiety and stress and fear, worry, if these things are in our lives, the Bible clearly tells us that our prayer life is lacking if we live with those. Now, if they ha- it just happens. We hear so-and-so got, got in a car wreck and, and they don't know if they're gonna live or die. Well, that comes upon us real quick, but we either can hold on to that that thing that is unhealthy or we can turn it over to him. So those things will come. We live in a broken world, right? Until eternity, we're gonna live in a, in a broken world that's spiraling to its end sometime down the, down the road. But, but we're told that, that prayer takes care of those anxious things, those anxieties. So it takes care of them when we turn it over to him. That's where 1 Peter 5 comes into play. Verse seven, turn all your anxiety over, cast it on God. 
Put that issue in someone else's hands and let it go. Make it God's responsibility. Now that seems, that sounds kind of, when I say I've got anxiety, I'm gonna make it God's responsibility. It sounds a little pompous of me. It kind of sounds wrong if I'm thinking with religious mindset. But it's exactly what the Father says to do. From the Old Testament to, to Jesus himself, to, to Peter and Paul, the author of Hebrews, they all say, hey, turn these things over to God. He's the only one that can take care of it. So if, if I'm told to turn it over to God, then it can't be anything but right to give him my, my anxiety. And here's the point of the, the title of this, this teaching today, the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is the acknowledgement that God the Father is infinitely more capable than you in dealing with the stuff of life. He, he's the one. So, so prayer is transferring the burden onto Jesus. Psalm 55, 22. It's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. I mean, I know I have a hundred of them, but give your burdens to the Lord or cast your cares on the Lord. He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. If we do this, if we turn our burdens over to him, cast them onto him, uh, give him to Jesus, he takes care of you and he won't permit you to be moved by your circumstances. Only if you give him the burden. Otherwise, you're gonna be tossed back and forth like an H-E-B grocery bag in a hill country windstorm, right? It's just crazy, and then it's gonna get caught on barbed wire in a tree and torn to shreds. We're not meant to be tossed to and fro. We're, we're built on a firm foundation. We sang about it. Do we, believe, do we believe it? But if I hold on to those things, I'm basically saying, hey, I'm the grocery bag in the windstorm. Take luck, you know? But when I transfer that burden to Jesus and I walk away from it, it's his burden now. The situation may not instantly change, but the Lord's in control of what happens next, not you, you're not God. We are designed by the creator God himself to carry our burdens to Jesus, not carry our own burdens. You are not made to carry burdens except for to the cross. If we try to do it ourselves, we're gonna fail every time. It's kinda like, you're like, okay, I'm at that point now. I've got all these burdens, man, they're loaded up. And Lord, I'm finally, I'm done. I'm done carrying these burdens, God. So here's my, here's my burden. Here's all of them, Lord. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it there for you. Absolutely. So I am leaving that bag there for you, God. All my burdens are right there, God. You see it? Uh, it's right there, God. It's right there. Is that, is that not in the light? Let me, the light's better over here, God. Right, right there, right there, God. Right there, it's all yours. It's all yours, right? Right? You said to do it, or it's right there. Hey, it's right there. How about, is it taller that way? Can you, there it is. I trust you with it to handle it right now. Right now, right? Right now, it's there. I mean, I know you're busy. Maybe I just, all right, I got this. But next time, next time, all, all yours, God. 
that's what we do so often because it's not right now, not done right like Scott wants. And I turn it over and I mean it, but then it didn't get changed. Give it to him and don't take it back. It doesn't mean we pray only one time about it and we never think of it again. I mean, we're human, but we turn the burden over to God and we trust him and his timing and his, his outcome with that issue or those issues. We do pray without ceasing, but we don't hold on to the anxiety or the fear or the worry. We've all had anxious times in our lives. I remember a few years ago, something was happening and I was like, you know what? I, I can't do anything about this. I cannot force the outcome and I'm gonna trust you with it and it's hard, but I'm gonna trust you with it. I'm not gonna freak out. You're still my God. I still got my family. I still got my friends. I still got my faith in Jesus. And that will not change even if other stuff changes. And if it gets better, praise you. If it seemingly gets worse, praise you. But I just had to let my father handle it and let my father have it. And what I found was I grew in my trust of my God to always come through no matter what. And I came to see that the outcome wasn't even the big deal. The big deal was a relationship with my God. My time with him was the big deal. The outcome, hey, I wanted it to come out, you know, happen nicely, right? We're human. But I trusted it in his hands. So what's one thing that's heavy on your heart and heavy on your mind that you need to turn over to God. That you need to say, this is consuming me. This is hard for me. This, is, this seems like it's owning me. This is, I feel like it's like a concrete block and I just got dropped in the ocean and I can't stop the sinking. What's one thing? What's one thing you need to trust God with? Turn over to Jesus lay at his feet. When Psalm 55, 22 says in certain versions, cast your cares on the Lord, it doesn't say gently place them in the most pristine, uh, submissive manner. It's saying cast it, toss it hard at the foot of Jesus and let it go and trust him with that. It could be something that's not even horrible, but just something that's massively new, a new chapter of life that's like, okay, you called me to do this, and it, man, I don't know how in the world it's going to pan out. But now I've become so anxious about it because I'm worried about how it's going to pan out. I've got to lay that, to you, lay that before your feet because you're trustworthy. I mean, maybe it's a loved one in your life, and they're just not living a life that your heart knows is best, and it's breaking you. It's, it's like pulling you down, and you're like... Lord, please rescue that person. Shake that person to wake them up. Well, it's good to pray for that person, but has that become anxiety in your life? Here's the thing. Jesus is the creator. He's the sustainer. He's the victor. He's the king of kings for all time. He's for you. So if you let Jesus have the issues that weigh the heaviest in your life right now that cause anxiety, 
You're set. You're set because he takes that burden that you're not meant to have. You are meant to take the burden to Jesus and let it go and trust him in that. Maybe the biggest lesson for you will be trusting a trustworthy God. Maybe he's just waiting to do the miracle because first he has to do the miracle of making you let go. And then he's gonna do the miracle of what's on your heart. I don't know. He's God. He's perfect. But here it is. Our go-to in crunch time of life should be this. Father God, who is holy and who is for me, thank you. Here's my anxiety and here's why and here's where I say I trust you in spite of what I see or hear or feel. So I'm gonna ask you to stand right now and, and we're gonna lay these burdens before the Lord. What's the one thing heavy on your heart, heavy on your mind right now? What's the burden that is, that is either paralyzing you or affecting you so deeply or, or just feels so much like a wet blanket on you? What burden are you carrying right now that you need to lay at his feet and leave? Lay it down and leave it there. Just lay it down, leave it there. Lay it down and leave it there. I was listening to a sermon on prayer this week and the, the pastor said that and it just struck me the word for the Lord for us today, for you today, for your family today, for your, uh, your marriage today, for, uh, for what you individually are going through today. Lay it down at his feet and, and leave it there. And that speaks so highly about the way you trust a good and loving God. So we're going to take some time here and we're going to lay our burdens down. Anxiety be gone. Anxious thoughts be gone. Fear, worry, stress be gone. Jesus, you're the burden carrier, not me. You carried the burden of my sin to the cross, so what makes me think that, I, that you can't carry this burden for me now? Because you love me and you're for me. So I'm just gonna take a, a moment of silence for us <clears throat> as we just maybe take 30 seconds of silence before the Lord, and I'm gonna pray. And I even recommend whatever you need to do, whether it's just like physically, here you go, God, or you come up here and you lay it down at the altar uh, as an action uh, uh, application or whatever it is, you just, you just let it go today. And then we're gonna worship the Lord because he's holy. He's a God who reveals himself to us as we live our lives following him. So let's just take a moment of silence here. And you just talk to God. Holy and precious God. Dad who's for us. Redeemer Jesus. Spirit of the living God who dwells in us. Thank you. Thank you for desiring my anxiety. Thank you for desiring those thoughts of fear or worry or those things that stress my brothers and sisters. Thank you for being the kind of dad who says, come, let me know, tell me about it, 
Leave it here and go and live free. Go and, go and run unhindered. Let me take the things that bind you and live free. Father God, thank you for being that kind of God in our lives. You are so good. Beyond words, can't even come up with the slightest word that, that comes close to how good you are, but you are good. You are good. You are good. And all across this room, we lay down our burdens. And we leave it there. Help us to keep it there at your feet and not go back to it. If we feel the need, help us to turn our attention to you in worship and prayer and, and being in the word. Whether it's relationships or health, whether it's finances or a job, whether it's family members that we love, kids, parents, siblings, whether it's friends down the street or across the globe that, that, that weigh heavy on us, we lay it before you. Whatever that is that, that holds our, our anxiety intact, we let it go to you right now. We let it go. You're trustworthy and you've never been anything but trustworthy. So we leave it in your hands. You are worthy, you are capable, and you are for us. And I pray that we see miracles happen first because of our growth in trust and second as you move in the midst of those things that are heavy on our hearts and minds. And we give that to you now in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.